So as we get started, we know we're in the books of Acts. We are wrapping up Acts chapter 2 today. So if you want to open your Bible, go ahead and get it open there. We'll be in verses starting in 42. Um, but as a quick recap, we know that Jesus has ascended to heaven. The believers were told to wait in Jerusalem, so they did. Then on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled the believers. There was a big wind and tongues of fire, and the believers who were waiting in that upper room were filled with the Spirit, and they began to talk in languages that they previously didn't know. Non-believers thought they were crazy. But Peter addressed the crowds and stood up and preached uh, the first sermon to a crowd that must have been absolutely huge, because 3,000 people heard the message of Jesus, that he was Lord and Messiah, and died a death for the forgiveness of sins, and they chose to believe and they were baptized. So we have 3,000 new believers all in one place when we pick up here in Acts 2. The passage says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, sharing everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So if you have been in church for any length of time, you know this text means I'm going to talk to you about community. Some people say this is the prescription for the perfect church, but I want to flip the switch on, the, on you this morning to think about the passage in a slightly different way. I want you to think about this as you personally being the church. Because I think if we only think of this as the way to create the perfect church, we're going to miss out on how the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives today. He wants to fill us up with true joy so that it can pour out of us. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit in this new community of believers fulfilled God's Old Testament promises. We saw last week that Joel prophesied, I will pour out my spirit upon all the people. And then in Ezekiel chapter 36, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. You will be my people and I will be your God. Before Pentecost, in order to be in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, one had to go to the temple, the place where the tabernacle resided, where God had come and dwelt with his people. And it wasn't something that was easily attainable. It wasn't like there was a temple on every corner where you could just pop in and spend some time with God. There was literally only one temple, and it was in Jerusalem. Then, at Pentecost, each one of these believers was filled with the Spirit. And as a result, each of them became the temple. Each of us became a temple when we accepted Christ. They have the tabernacle right there with them. They personally carried the Spirit of the Lord with them wherever they went. Each person was their own tiny church. And I can't imagine the joy that they felt in this moment when they saw the fire and they were filled with the Spirit. And the moments and days afterwards as they began to fulfill the tasks of making disciples as an, and every nation as a new church. They went from having to make sacrifices for their sins, knowing they could never uphold the law on their own, to the full realization that the Messiah had come and forgiven their sins. And if that wasn't enough, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
they had the realization that the one true living God resided inside of them. As I studied this passage, I just kept seeing so much joy here. It absolutely poured out of them in every aspect of their lives. It's why we see this passage as a perfect church. And it had to be one of those moments where the line between heaven and earth was very, very thin, practically invisible. The Spirit had come and set His people on fire. This was as close to heaven and perfection as we could have in a sin-filled world at that moment. So what does that mean for us today? We're 2,000 plus years from that moment, and I don't think the veil between heaven and earth right now is as thin as it was at Pentecost. I would say it's really thick. We're living in a thick place where the distance between heaven and earth seems so far away because sin and pain in life are heavy. And this harshness makes it hard to recreate this early church on this side of heaven. But I think the Holy Spirit wants to fill us up and use us so that we can try to serve him like the early church did. As followers of Jesus, we are, you are, the tabernacle you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. We are filled with the Spirit and have the exact same power that we see these people in the early church have right after Pentecost. As we seek the Holy Spirit's power and infilling, he creates an environment in us that fills us up and allows us to pour out that same joy and compassion on the world today. So let's go back to the passage and see what that means for us in 2023 here in the porch. Verse 42 says that the early church dedicated themselves to studying the teachings of the apostles, which are the teachings of Christ. And as believers, we should also dedicate ourselves to studying and teaching just like the first church did. The same prophecies that I read earlier from Joel and Ezekiel, they're on us. They aren't just on the first church. They were written for believers in Jerusalem and at the Porch Community Church today in Valdosta, Georgia. So ask to be filled with the joy to live out the prophecies that are on each one of you. We have the ability to also be a part of the signs and wonders that we read about in verse 43. That still small voice that tells you to do something, it's the Holy Spirit. He's letting you be a part of a small miracle that someone needs. So there are still signs and wonders today. We can see them all the time if we tune into the Holy Spirit. Ask him to let you be a part of that, to be a part of someone's miracle. We can get together with other believers. We do get together here at the porch with other believers. It's in our name. We follow Jesus for our community. Community is so important. And we need to find ways to help those in need, like in verse 45. I'm not saying you should sell all your property and all your possessions and form a commune, but I am saying that there's a way you can give of what you have to help a fellow believer. Ask the Holy Spirit, where can I give today to support my church, my friends, or other believers? He'll answer you. We can meet today with others to worship together, to celebrate communion, to pray, to share meals. So who do you know that needs to be brought into a fellowship of believers? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you those people and then ask them. Don't just ask him to show you. Make sure you follow up and ask them to join you as you celebrate and worship together and share a meal. We don't have to wait. Each person here doesn't have to wait for the big church to create this environment for you because you're the church. You're the temple. You are filled with the Holy Spirit 
And each one of us is instructed to go out and do all of these things, to serve an intangible God in real, tangible ways. The early church was being faithful to the decrees of the Lord. And the passage wraps up by saying, he added to their numbers those who were being saved. Because of their passion and joy, faithfulness, and their worship both in the church and in their community, other believers came to know what Jesus did for them. And I say all of that, and it sounds like it's singularly focused, like it's you and Jesus, and you have to take on the full weight of saving the world. But that's not what I mean. Please don't leave here today and think that that's what I mean, is that you have to go out and save the world, because that's what they did in the first church. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to talk to the Holy Spirit, because that's the most important thing you can do in your life. It's the most important decision. But... It's not then, after you are filled with that Holy Spirit, your job to take on the world. Because we are not the ones doing the saving work here. Even in the early church, it says that the Lord added to their numbers. He was the one who was saving people. He is still saving people. The church in Acts was simply being conduits of the Holy Spirit by being faithful to their calling. And as the church today, we need to be faithful to that same calling. So think about it this way. If you do what God is asking you to do through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I do what God is asking me through the power of the Holy Spirit, and your neighbor down the street does the same, and the lady you kind of know from work also lives like the first church, the power and joy of the Holy Spirit will flow out from all of us, and the message of God's saving grace will spread to the ends of the earth. So it's not just you and God. It's the body of believers that God allows to participate in his work through worship and study, by helping those in need, by praying and celebrating communion together. God wants us to share our everyday lives with one another, to share Christ with everyone we meet, and to overflow with joy that comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. The church today will look different than the church in Jerusalem in the book of Acts, but the realities that Jesus died for us and he sent his spirit to reside in us remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This will not change. So as I ask the band to come back up, I want you, Porch Community, to know this. The church in Acts and the church today are made up of people who trust Christ together. We are all filled with the Spirit the moment we believe, but a one-time decision to follow Christ is not enough. We must ask God daily to fill us up to the brim, to overflowing with his Holy Spirit so that he can use us to serve those around us. We are called to show the world who Christ is, to live out the decrees and prophecies that were on the first church and on us today. We must remember the joy felt by those new believers of the first church, and we must strive to have that same joy as we follow the calling of the Holy Spirit that he's placed on our lives. We must work and serve and pray and help other believers so that they can experience that same joy and go out and share that joy to the ends of the earth. So Porch Community, let your life be a testimony to the world that Christ, his spirit, and all the joy that comes from him being alive in you make you able to pour out into the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to that first church. And I thank you that that Holy Spirit is still alive in us today. Help us see those who are in need 
Help us see those who need you. Help us remember the joy of that first church so that we can go out into the community and pour out your Holy Spirit on the world. Help us make believers of every nation so that they can worship you with the same joy and love that we see in the first church and that we have here at the porch. It's in your name we pray. Amen.